this not your average podcast. You ain't talking about nothing. When they hit the highway, yeah, they talking about something. Better tune in and listen. Get the scoop, they dig it. It's just an open discussion. Now tell me what's your position. This not your average podcast. You ain't talking about nothing. When they hit the highway, yeah, they talking about something. Better tune in and listen. Get the scoop, they dig it. It's just an open discussion. Now tell me what's your position. Lady Roscoe on point, she gon' tell you the drill. You got Yoko Camille. All work, no play, she gon' give you the spill. Let's talk about it. What's the truth? They just keeping it real. Square business, that's the deal. They gon' speak on something, just pick a topic, get it poppin'. Not your average type of show, they keep it rockin', ain't no stoppin'. Controversial, who cares? We taking over, keep on watchin'. Motion steady, on go, anticipation, got them flockin'. Ain't nothing average about it, just keep glad that you found it. Tell a friend about it, know we all about it, so we gon' speak about it. Yoko Camille and Lady Roscoe, leave no doubt about it. Scream it out from the mouth, it's not your average podcast. You ain't talking about nothing. When they hit the highway, yeah, they talking about something. Better tune in and listen. Get the scoop, they dig it. It's just an open discussion. Now tell me what's your position. You know what it is. Not your average podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yoko Camille. Lady Roscoe. Y'all tap in. You know what I'm saying? Well, hey guys, thank you once again for joining our podcast for Not Your Average Podcast with Lady Roscoe. And I'm Yoko Camille, and thank you for tuning in. Whether you're sitting on the toilet or you're on the go, thank you for joining our show. So grab a snack and enjoy. All right, so today our episode is titled Breaking the Stigma, A Journey to Mental Wellness. And I just wanted to provide you with a little information because all this is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you are experiencing mental health issues, please seek help from a qualified health care provider. Mental health is a complex and personal matter, and it is important to remember that everyone's experience is unique. This disclaimer serves to everyone as a reminder that the information provided should not be used as a substitute for seeking professional help. We encourage open and honest conversations about mental health and strive to provide accurate and up-to-date information. However, we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information that we tell you today. If you have any concerns or questions about your mental health, please seek guidance from a trusted healthcare professional Remember, seeking help is a sign of strength, and taking care of your mental health is just as important as taking care of your physical health. Wonderful. Okay, so, you know, there are actually things about mental health that, mental, my apologies, there's several things (laughs) about mental health that we, uh, that people may not know. So, for example, uh, your mental health it's just as important as physical health. Mental health is not separate from your physical health. They're actually just as equally as important. Well-being is to take care of yourself, like physical well-being as well. That, that's true. Um, and that's basically um, what I was going to ask you, what comes to mind when you hear mental health. And um, as you stated, it is just as important to take care of your mental health as your physical but unfortunately, there's a stigma surrounding mental health that often leads to a misconception and discrimination. 
you know, when I hear the term mental health, I'm reminded of the urgent need for society to break down these barriers and prioritize the mental well-being of individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do you think plays a role in a person's mental health? Um, I feel like sometimes it's the environment, your support system, mm-hmm. um, the things that could be going on around you. Not everyone can handle certain things the same. And I think that we need to have grace and patience when it Is comes that to that. And I feel like, uh, I feel like sometimes we don't have that understanding yeah. and you know, openness, because not everyone understands different ways of life, you know, so I feel like that, that is how it affects it, um, in a way. Yeah, I feel like society plays a significant role in shaping a person's mental health. The way a society is structured, you know, its values, the norms, and the beliefs, they all impact the person's mental well-being, and there Mm -hmm. are many, many ways in which society influences mental health um the biggest one is like stigma and discrimination mm-hmm. that makes if i had a mental health problem and i mm-hmm. was to go and talk to somebody in my family and and i tell them then nine times out of ten they're gonna tell me that what you're gonna see a, 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 a therapist for are you crazy right like, no i just wanna i don't need you to make me feel feel bad or feel embarrassed or anything. I'm going because obviously there's something wrong. Right. And the thing, just like you said, uh, it's funny that we as people can discriminate, but mental health does not discriminate, does not discriminate against your age, your gender, your race, or your background. So it can affect anyone, but unfortunately not everyone around you can understand that, or they don't even know how to get the help themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, you were stating there that it could it could hit you no matter your economic status, you know, mm-hmm. if you're rich, you're poor. Mm-hmm. But the things there, some of the richer people have access to things that the poor people don't have access to. That is true. You that know, they true. don't have the same chances and resources to get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're right. And unfortunately, average day people may not go see a therapist or even the stigma with black people and getting help. You know, there's always this idea that black people are always so strong or, you know, the black man or black woman. But we go through hardship, too. We go through pain. And just because we may not express it outwardly doesn't mean we're not hurting. Yeah, and that's, I think, where cultural expectations come into play. Mm-hmm. You know, different cultures view mental health differently. And that's where we come into our society. Most Black people think if you're crazy, then that's why you're seeing a therapist. You're seeing a therapist for so many different reasons. You could have been sexually injured. You could have mm-hmm. had a, a loss. You could have had mm-hmm. so many different things. It just doesn't have to be that you're schizophrenic or something like that. There are so many other reasons why you should seek help. Right. You know, honestly, because sometimes with the mental, with having these issues and thoughts, some people may have, may, may think of doing self-harm. 
um, or they become more withdrawn and they live different lifestyles. You know, I've seen different things where people have become severely depressed, where they stop taking care of their, their physical selves, their homes to the point where they may lose the stuff that they already have. Um, and sometimes people end up homeless due mm-hmm. to just the lack of willpower. So, you know, a lot of those people who are homeless may, may not be broke. They just may have had a mental breakdown and they mm-hmm. may not have been able to process it properly or got the, the help that they've needed. Yeah, I think we need to promote better mental health in society. There needs to be a collective effort to reduce stigma and discrimination and create a more supportive and inclusive environment. You know, um, this includes education and awareness about mental health, mm-hmm. promoting self-care and seeking help, mm-hmm. and creating policies that prioritize mental health in the workspace and society as a whole. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, because mental health is actually more common than you think, you know, um, they were saying with the World Health Organization, one in four people will experience a mental health issue at some point in their life. So that's way more people who are dealing with problems. And honestly, in today's society, I feel like we are in America, we we are (laughs) dealing with a lot more people who have mental issues. And I think, I think that it's, it should be normalized for help, you know, and I've been seeing a lot of commercials for the, like the better health, uh, website. I think yeah. that's where they offer like therapy and help, you know, as well. So I know that society's trying to make this normal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it'll take, you know, for it to sink be where in. it needs to be. Yes, yeah. exactly. And see, even when you say like, mental illness mental issues mm-hmm. in my mind for some reason even though i know there's way many more different reasons like when you say mental issues i think oh um mental health issues like a mm-hmm. disorder mm-hmm. instead of some of the other reasons that people need to see and that's like something that you need to train your brain to think other mm-hmm. things besides the mental health disorders Right. You're right. Because kind of, it kind of, I think maybe that's why uh, people have kind of changed the words, you know, for example, how we say wellness, because Mm -hmm. when we say negative things, we think of the crazy homes, the places where people go, where there's basically no hope for them. And they just kind of get them away from society instead of trying to help them and acclimate them back into our society. True. And um, so what what are some reasons that you feel that a person should seek should seek mental health? Um, honestly, I feel like anything. If you feel like you need to express yourself and you have a struggle inside, I feel like any type of help is needed. As small, mm-hmm. it can be small or big. For example, this is this is uh, kind of off subject, but on subject. Uh, yeah. Beyonce, right? So mm-hmm. it's said that her parents put Solange in therapy as a child to mm-hmm. already get her mind to cope with the fact that Beyonce was going to be famous. <laughs> so they had that. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's one hundred percent true. But okay. her, her parents had put her in therapy so that you know 
she understood the dynamic and basically like, no, you're not being forgotten about, but you know, this is what's happening. And maybe that helped in the sense of, you know, with the siblings and rivalry, you know, cause sometimes kids when they're not feeling important enough, yeah, they may act out like a Prince Harry, you know, he's not the, yeah. he's not Prince William and Harry was the one acting wild here in the States for a long time. And, I feel like that has to do, and now he's over here talking about mental health with his wife, you know, so, right. you know, right. I feel like anyone from his, as, their problems are not, I, I can't say their problems are not as big, because, you know, everyone's mind is different, but I feel like sometimes society goes through a little bit more of a struggle than mm-hmm. them, but I would never diminish uh, what they go through, because at the end of the day, that's still a struggle and causing some form of a depression for them. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And there, oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. I asked you that just to see if you knew it, like some of the other reasons, you know, people do seek some of those mental health issues, seek mental health. I can't right. talk today. I'm sorry. It's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> but some reasons people often seek mental health is one mental health disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, they've experienced a traumatic event mm-hmm. they have relationship issues um, some often have stress and are burnt out you know you have people that suffer through substance abuse mm-hmm. gr- people who have grief, grief and loss right. physical health conditions and just for your own personal growth and self-improvement and also prevention. There is nothing wrong with going to get a regular mental health checkup. Right. You know, not everyone has someone to talk to. And exactly. sometimes it's good to just find someone to express yourself, you know, because keeping things bottled up inside is not healthy either. At all. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, you should mm-hmm. always find someone. Um, I know sometimes I would take a journal and write down um, when I was mad or something. Mm-hmm. And then my boyfriend started calling uh, <laughs> my journal the negative thoughts or something. He was like, you got that negative book? And oh. It was just, that's just like, if I'm upset, I got to get it out some, some way. And right. Instead of yelling or trying to fight, mm-hmm. I'll write it down. Write it down and burn it up or whatever. So that's how I would deal with, like, if I'm having issues, I just write. Yeah, transfer of energy. You don't want to hold it inside. You write it down and, like you said, either keep it in the book or, like, burn it and yeah. just release and let it go. It's like it's like going to the mountaintop and screaming at the top of your lungs. You have to just get it out. And I think, I think that's pretty wise. Mental health issues can be managed and treated with the right support, self-care, and strategies you know seeking help is a sign of strength and not weakness so i think we should start to promote that you know let people know that this is you being strong this is you being like taking care of yourself because you are what's important you know don't let anyone else say or do anything to deter you from getting that help right you know so if you know you are having a hard time and you want to start working on your mental health um, here are a few suggested strategy, strategies that you can try to improve your mental health. Mm-hmm. How about trying to enjoy the wonders of nature? Go for a walk. Yes. You, know, you don't know how many times just walking has changed my mood drastically. 
um, connect with friends and family. Being around people that make you feel good is always a plus. Right. Um, practice mindfulness. Examples like trying breathing exercises or meditation. Eat the right foods that can affect your mood, especially processed sugar and fatty foods. Exactly. Okay. Those things are linked to depression. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Uh, this is one of, a, that is a great way to keep your mind uh, free mm-hmm. and help to reduce stress. Um, and if you need help, there are many resources that will help you. And if you are thinking of harming yourself, you know, you can reach out to the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can call or text them at 988 or chat them at 988lifeline.org. Mm-hmm. But if you need substance or mental health, you can reach out to SAMHSA's National Helpline, which is 1-800-662-HELP. Or your uh, text your zip code to 435-748. If you don't want to reach out to any of those numbers, you can personally reach out to us here at Not Your Average Podcast, and we are always here to listen. Exactly. We're definitely here to listen and we're open to any topics that you want to talk about. And Mm -hmm. so feel free to reach out to us and let us know. And we'll definitely get you on our episode so other people can hear you too. Most definitely. So we actually have a guest today who wants to come and share a few thoughts and stories about their own mental health and just a few things in general that really helped them or hindered them from getting better or what caused them to need and ask for help in the first place. So I want to introduce our guest today. His name is EJ Wright. He's a model and a rodeo rider here in Austin, Texas. How are you doing today, EJ? I'm doing all right about yourself. About yourself. I'm doing good. Well, welcome, my welcome. story... Um, it's been a little, it's been a tough road because uh, 2018, uh, I had made it to the C4A finals. And uh, I was blessed for it that year. Soon after that, my son passed away. Okay. Um, that was one of the biggest blows of my life. Uh, even to this day, depression and anxiety has amplified since then. Uh, I lost a lot of people along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest, strongest memories I have with the whole situation is the day before the wreck happened, we came up to Austin and went to go eat pizza at Jump World. Yeah. And, and uh, I remember going back to the house, getting ready to drop the kids back off with their mom. And the next morning, early in the morning, I had over 100 text messages to like 70 some calls. And I wasn't going to answer nobody's phone call at first. Uh-huh. But as I was going to open up a text message, uh, somebody was calling me at the same time and uh, I accidentally answered. So I picked up the phone. He was an old dude that I used to rodeo with. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, man, uh, at first, you know, he said both the kids got into a wreck. Yeah. So I'm putting on my boots, you know, trying to get loaded up in the truck or whatever, what, whatnot. And uh, it was when he said both of my kids passed away. And I remember... I remember I hit the floor. I'm holding the phone in my hand still. Mm-hmm. I get up on my two feet. I slam my phone, boom. And uh, I haven't been right since then. Uh, That's understandable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was one of the hardest things I ever dealt with. Yeah. Then I lost everything else along the way. So you didn't lose both. You just lost. Right. Just one. Yeah, just one. My son. Okay. Yeah. 
And so, um, how did that affect you? You say you haven't been right. Uh, it affected me in a, many different ways. One of the biggest things is I regret could have been a better father. I uh, could have done things a lot more differently. Um, I'm still blessed to have the time with him, but you know, I have a lot of regret within myself. Uh -huh. um, it, 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 I know I'm a good person. It's just when you lose something like that, you, you tend to look at yourself a little differently. Yeah. Sometimes, you know. Yeah. But you know, you can't blame yourself. You know, it wasn't your fault, you know, so you can't just be putting all that guilt on yourself, yeah. you know. That, that's something that, you know, unfortunately can't change, but, you know, you learn from and just be a better person. Absolutely. Um, how have you been coping with your loss? Uh, I've, been, I've been finding a whole bunch of ways here recently, uh, but for the first two and a half years, um, it was really riding forward with at first, uh, just to kind of just build a thrill. Mm -hmm. of something. Um, I tried to get back into rodeos, but after losing him, after I went to the finals, I think that was kind of my my ending point at that at that point. You know, I was done with it. And uh, I've been trying to do a whole bunch of different things. Uh, I do counseling, you know, I do all this stuff. But, you know, it's just whatever can kind of just get me to the right point. I just try to go with it. You know, painting, drawing, it don't really matter what it is. I'm willing to try as long as I can get to the next step. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us about your support system and how they helped you through the difficult time? Uh, or did you even have a support system? Honestly, the way I feel about things, uh, I did and I didn't at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm still coping with that now. Um, I've learned to just kind of just be by myself a little bit and focus on what I really want the most and what I want to do to still put a smile on my son's face when he look at me. So it's like I'm, my main goal right now is put my fingers in all different types of stuff so Trent could be proud. So that's really just where I'm at with that. So his name was Trent. What kind of person was Trent? Oh, man, he was some everything. Uh, he was the smile. He was the hair. He was the kid that, and I hated this the most, but he would wear skinny jeans with boots. <laughs> and I hated it so much. And then he'd put on a long sleeve shirt. He'd tuck his shirt in and everything. And then, like, he'd be in the bathroom combing his hair to the side. Everything, man. And I just look at him like, I don't like it, but it's your style. So yeah. I'm not going to tell you no right now. Yeah. This is a phase. Oh. I understand. But um, he was a big hearted kid. Um, he was the one who always loved to help people. Uh -huh. um, he loved sports. He definitely loved rodeos. Yeah. Um, for a well-known fact, he loved rodeos. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I wish I had the chance to put him on something. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put him on a sheep mm -hmm. or something like that. But, you know, life took off in a real fast way. It did. It did. So, you know, but he was, he was everything. Okay. He was, he was everything. Wow. How has your relationship with your friends and family been affected by this loss? Say that one more time. Uh, how has your friends and family's relationship been affected by your loss? Oh, I lost everybody. Oh, wow. Oh, I lost everybody. Um, losing, Trent losing Trent literally opened up my eyes to life itself. Because it's kind of like, I think that was, the, that was the part that really affected me the utmost is when my closest people, I had to create distance. And it wasn't because I just... Felt like I didn't want nobody in my life, but I just seen things I didn't agree with, uh -huh. and mm -hmm. I tried to fight the storm to where 
I'm helping y'all, but I need somebody to help me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm doing, but I need somebody just to even ask me, am I good? Sometimes give me a hug. Sometimes just look at me and be like, you're going to make it over this. And sometimes I wish I had that. I did. Uh, it was a lot of greediness on, on a lot of areas. And that's what made me be more distance with my own family, because I don't really know what's real anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if somebody is just taking advantage or just tolerate me at this point. Uh, and it really affects me to this day. I woke up this morning with this feeling. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, it, it, it sometimes gets to the point where I don't really want to be doing nothing. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be wanting to go nowhere or anything. But yeah. uh, I'm fighting the storm back. So. Well, it's understandable. It's very mm-hmm. understandable. I know grief is never um, an easy thing to get over. And no one can expect someone to be 100% fine and okay, especially after losing a child. So, you know, it's going to take time. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's baby steps. You know, it's not going to be just an overnight thing. So, you know, you always got me to talk to. Oh, you yeah, know, no sure. matter whatever time it is, I'm always here. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give someone going through a similar loss? Take time to yourself first. Take time to yourself. You're going to need that more. You're going to need you more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Because, like, not everybody's going to understand how you feel inside. Like, I can tell within just myself, when I talk about it, I get really emotional. Mm-hmm. When I'm by myself, I'm fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never had nothing affect me like that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, with anybody like, that's going through any type of loss, I don't even care if it's a miscarriage. A loss is a loss. Like, Take time for yourself and get you back right first before you intervene with anything else. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you was all you got. You don't have nobody else. Like I know we all got parents and stuff, but we all live on with life. Mm-hmm. Having our own families and stuff. Put you first. Get your emotions right. Just just get a hold of you first. Don't let that shit go at all. Um, you have a call? Yes. Uh, so how is the, re- I know that you said that only one child had passed. How is the relationship with you and your other child who survived? Oh, me and Lily's relationship is fantastic. We're actually better now than what we used to be. Mm-hmm. We've gotten so close, you know, so close. We got our own handshake, all this type of stuff, man. We got our own thing for real. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, yes. I'm proud of it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a lot of fathers that can sit here and say that they got handshakes with their daughters yeah. or, or stuff like that. You know, me and Lily, we go on walks. We talk about, we talk about life, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I make sure she understands that there's a thing called life in front of her. It can wear you down faster than anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, we, real great duo, yeah. real great duo. That's, that's my sunshine right there. That's my everything. So how has the death affected her? Uh, really bad. Um, there has been times to where she will go like go off walking by herself, mm-hmm. especially with other kids, and uh, she'll walk off and cry by herself. And the first thing she'll tell you is, you know, she misses her brothers because you know she lost two brothers in that wreck. Yeah. And then she lost two cousins as well. So that's four people she lost. So she yeah. don't have them. Those four people that she lost, she grew up with them. Mm-hmm. She, she lost seen them every everybody. Day. She yes, lost her know, whole world. The whole yeah. world at the same, like at one time. And yeah. uh, so she's gotten better, you know, uh, but you can still see it. 
you know that's you can still see it so my main focus right now is just to make sure she just communicate just talk about it you know if you want to i don't force her to nothing yeah. when she's ready she'll be ready to um but it, it was a lot it was yeah. a whole lot yeah, I know we have a little family group chat, and she's in there, too, and she yeah. sent a picture of her the other day. She was like, I miss Trent. And it's like, y'all literally, you know, condoling her and yeah. you know, letting her know it's okay. So, you know, she has plenty of people that she can talk to also and get that out. So just yeah. keep, we want y'all to know. You know, we love y'all, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how do you prioritize taking care of your mental health during this time? Oh, that's a hard one, honestly, because, uh, you know, depression and anxiety, it's going to hit you any time of the day and night. Um, okay. So morning time, I've, I've learned here recently, I guess because I got older, um, it affects you really bad in the morning, and it affects me sometimes late at night. Middle of the okay. day, I'm usually Okay. And there's been times where it's always just at night, you know. So I have to find ways to when that when that strikes, I have to find ways to kind of counterpunch it to where I'll either find something to do, find something positive to do, listen to music, write something, do something. Because when you you can feel it before it even comes on to you, sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the minute I start feeling it, start to detour that way, I try to find stuff to navigate it. To where you know, just get my mind busy on something else, so I don't have to sit here and just think or overthink or whatever the case is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. So you say you, you see a therapist. What tools have she provided to you to help get through it? Um. Truthfully, right now, I've I've learned that I'm at a point in life to where. Not a lot of people can give me advice. People yeah. will say what they think that they feel is best for me. Uh -huh. But sometimes, like, when you're wearing the shoes that really put you in that bad depression, sometimes you got to take a stand for yourself and make certain type of moves, too. You can talk about it. Yeah. I can hear your advice. But I got to take them steps on my own. Well, that's true. That's you know true. That's true. Have you been able to build new personal relationships since then? Uh, no. Okay. No, just absolutely not. Uh, you say personal relationship, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. correct, yes. Yeah, uh, absolutely not, man. Um, that's really a situation where, like, like I say, it really boils with everything else. Like, not everybody can understand what you go through. Right. You know, and yeah. it's like when you sometimes put yourself first, you tend to push everything away. But sometimes that's what you need to put yourself first. And uh, that's what I just chose to do here recently. Just kind of just focus on my career and focus on what I want to do with my life and uh, let God determine all the other. So what is your career? What, what have you been doing? Well, I mean, you know. I've been trying to do this acting thing because you got me into this and then the whole modeling stuff. So it's like ever since you pointed that in my direction, I can't look nowhere else. I, I just can't. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, did you want to? Did you have anything else you want to share with the people? Like express yourself, you know. Uh, the best thing I can tell anybody that that I would tell going through something like this, you know, um, 
like I said before, put yourself first. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes if there's too much trying to just dictate you in different ways that you don't understand, like I said, put yourself first. Exactly. All right, so you can go ahead and tell them where they can find you. You can look me up on Facebook at EJ Wright or Instagram, EJ West Wright. That's it. Mm-hmm. Spell it for them so they can dump E and a J and then write W R I G H T and then uh, send them on Instagram, but West, EJ West Wright, EJ West W E S T Wright, W R I G H T. All right, and you said you've been doing some acting. Yeah, acting, modeling. So I'm trying to get into singing if I can. Oh, all right. <laughs> trying to do a little oh, something. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Trying to do something. I, I kind of figured, you know, it'd be better to get your expressions out that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you're going through in life, just put it in a song. Oh, put it on some paper. See definitely. what happens. That's all I'm doing. I'm just trying. So before you go, I just wanted you to know that... Um, you always have a support system because, you know, your big cousin is always here, you know. Um, if you don't get out this phone, then I'm going to beat it out of you. So, you know, one way or the other, you're going to smile. I really, I appreciate <laughs> uh, but, not, you know, we for real, on a serious you note, know, we always there for you, no matter what, you and Lily. Um, you can text me, call me anytime. You want to go out, do whatever, go yeah, ride. Yeah, we said we're going to do that anyways, huh? You know, just hit me up. Yeah. I'm not doing nothing. You know. Yeah, I got you. And anytime you want to come back on the show, you know, you're more than welcome to do that, too. You are more than welcome. Oh, most definitely. So, All right. So thank you for coming in. Um, we're yeah, go thank you next, so much. We're going to go ahead to our next segment of the show. Looking to have great memories captured in time for you to see whenever you like? Want wonderful photos for any occasion? Then contact Christina for all your unforgettable moments you want to cherish forever. You can go to her Instagram page with rain and light. And in her bio, she states from Austin, Texas to wherever you are. You can also go to her website, www.withrainandlight.com and get started with your memories today. All right, so this is the Am I the Asshole section, but instead of being the Am I the Asshole, this is the horror section where I read to you part two of every person that enters my home dies within 24 hours. Oh, this is good. This is part two. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I also feared putting a baby in my house. I didn't want my girlfriend to go through the suffering that I had to d- deal with. Losing her firstborn child, which I knew, even under the circumstances she was already so in love with. Two weeks ago, my son was born. My beautiful girlfriend passed away during the birth. It broke me knowing I couldn't save her even though I had done everything to protect her from the burden that this that is this bloody house. The nightmares of her lifeless body covered by that white cloth are constantly running through my mind. Her parents refused to take the son named Callum after my love. I knew that then I would have to take him into my house, even though I truly didn't want to. I didn't want to have to lose my last link to the love of my life. I missed her so much. I need her. My son was odd from the moment he was born. He was a C-section baby because his exceptionally massive size meant any other way would risk both death. 
I mean, she died anyway, but okay. <laughs> when I first held my son, I already knew something was wrong. Most babies cry when they're born, but not Callum. He was completely silent apart from his quiet little breaths. He just stared into the, he just stared into your soul with those big dark gray eyes. Mm-hmm. It felt wrong. Something felt wrong. This child looked nothing like me or my girlfriend. Whilst my hair was blonde with blue eyes, while my girl was blonde with blue eyes and I was ginger with bright green eyes, both fair skin. Callum had olive skin, brown, nearly black hair, and scarily dark gray eyes. Unlike any other baby I've seen before. I don't think this is right. Okay, so she was a blonde and he was a ginger, and the baby came out brown, damn near black hair. Mm, like the, what do you call it? The, the omen. Yeah. <laughs> this all led up to last week when I finally brought my son home. I was very on edge, knowing that there was a good chance that I'd probably be planning a funeral the day after. Oh, damn. After 24 hours, I was confused, thinking, why is he not dead? How is he not dead? My dog didn't seem to like him, growling and snuffling. My dog has never been aggressive towards anyone, especially children. But he seems to want to kill Callum. I think there's something wrong with this baby, especially since the ghosts haven't done anything at all. It's like there's just as threatening and scared as the dog. What the hell can this tiny baby be doing to scare even the dead? This shouldn't be possible it's just a little kid tonight i had sudden impulse urge to check the baby monitor in the baby's room i placed it in his room so to prevent the dogs from attempting to hurt the baby only when i opened the app did i see something worse something that physically couldn't be right i pinched myself to make sure i'm actually seeing this the baby is sat straight up in the crib staring into the camera silently what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe the ghosts are messing with the camera. Even with my suspicions, I began to head up the stairs. That's some crazy shit. Right. I called the dog to me in case I never... I called the dog to me in case I need him, but he never comes. Assuming he's still asleep, I continue up the stairs to the baby's room. The door creaks open, revealing the darkened children's room. I look over to the bed, I instantly see the baby, sitting straight up, completely still. He now stares at me, soullessly, emotionless. Something is definitely wrong with this child. After a couple of seconds, I feel my foot slowly soaking into something. It feels wet and sticky, like some blood-like substance. I look down. I desperately attempt to hold in the scream so not to wake the neighbors. <gasps> On the ground is the destroyed body of an animal. Not just an animal. It's the dog. I knew it. Guts all across the room. Blood staining the carpet and halfway up the baby blue nursery wall. It looks like some rabbit animal has attacked him. It, I didn't hear anything enter the house, so what the hell has attacked him? I screeched. Unexpectedly, I didn't hear another screech. An inhumane sound, unlike anything I've heard before. 
looking up back to the baby's crib. Only now the baby isn't there. What? In its place is a tall black figure like Shadow. Hell no. It has not a single figure on its face about it has not a single feature on its face about from a large mouth with three layers of shiny white teeth. It looks its long black fingers and toes wrap over the bars in an impossible angle for a human. I screeched once again, bolting it out of the room and down the stairs. I desperately tried to unlock the front door, still hearing that thing screech and roaring as it tried to get through the bedroom door, which I had thrown two chairs in front of before going downstairs. Yes. Finally, I escaped the house, running into the woods opposite my house as I hear clattering down the stairs. I get nearly a kilometer a kilometer into the woods before I find a light and struck tree that I can hide in. As I ran, why didn't I he run cut. down the road? I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea. Run down the street. Don't get in a car. Okay. He got in a tree. Yes. As I ran, I could constantly hear booming steps behind me, chasing me further and further away. Now I can feel the sweat dripping down my forehead and the wheezing coming from my chest. I'm now hiding in this tree, trying to stay hidden. The, I'm writing this in the tree right now. I don't know how much <laughs> longer I can hide. The sun is rising now, and I can still hear that screeching from behind me. It's screaming for me to come out now. I can feel it getting closer to me. I finally understand why he's not dead. He was never human at all. The baby. And I knew now it. We just have to wait. To the next part, I'm writing this as we speak. Like oh I felt God. like this was like a like a like a possessed baby situation. Oh my God! That that public baby would have to be staying outside for forever. Um, oh no! How does he explain this too? Like you know, because like the police or somebody would be like, "Where's the baby?" And you're I like, "He's a no demon." Idea. And first of all, how he gonna get out the tree? Right, you're right. You're one hundred percent in the tree. Right, a lightning struck tree out of all things. And you, I, oh hell no! And it's calling for him to come out. Oh no! No, come out and play. <laughs> no, I'm I'm okay. I'm good. I, uh, uh, no, I don't want to. First play. off, I wouldn't even be running in the woods. You know, I would have. But you know I that's what they do with all the scary movies. They gotta go running. I know. In the woods and fall. Grab the keys, grab the something. Like, I got my keys by the front door at a hook. So, I'm gonna grab the keys and get in a car. Like, no, and if he tried to do all that, then he would have got got. He would have got, he, he's, about, he's about to get got. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking yet. I would have definitely uh, not ran into the woods. I would have had to go somewhere. Right. I, I would have been screaming, like, how the neighbors ain't here none of this? Is he dreaming? Uh, Okay. Maybe he's got the only house on the hill because he said woods, right? Man, I don't know what he going, what he got going on. But I why didn't he just neighbors. sell the house? Yes, if the house was too good to be true, it was like the house he wanted. This but, is like some yeah, Amityville horror. You wanted, mm -hmm. but everybody you you know die. But if you know that the house is like that, do you want to put somebody else in there? For why doesn't he die? To go through the same thing. Yeah, like why doesn't he die? Know. That's it's like it's like maybe there's something on him too, you know? Right. 
That's so. But see, like the people before, because all the other people before, didn't they say they had died? Yeah. So he's like a yeah, so. a witness to. He might. I don't know. And and I don't. How did she die? He just said lifeless body. Yeah. I, she died at, in birth. Birth. Okay. 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 Yeah. So. Oh, I can't wait for part three. Right. Y'all got to stay in, stay tuned to part three uh, for next week, and hopefully it'll be out. Yeah, hopefully. This is getting juicy. You know, when you said the baby was large, I was like, maybe she had gestational diabetes. Like, (laughs) man, (laughs) he definitely has been um, doing a good job. Yeah, of staying alive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking, I don't see a part three. Not yet, maybe. Not yet. Oh, to no. be continued. Hopefully. Yeah. Or or maybe it's like the end. I'm writing this as we speak. And then <laughs> right, that, right. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. But all right, thank y'all for tuning in to our Am I the Asshole section. And we're just gonna go ahead and transition over to our next uh segment, which is music with Lady Roscoe. And this is music with Lady Roscoe, where we talk about current, past, and present music, entertainment, just for the best of years. Hey, this is going to be the music section with Lady Roscoe. And so basically, we're going to keep on topic today about mental health um, and music. So music can have a powerful impact on mental health. It has the ability to evoke emotions, uplift our spirits, and provide comfort during difficult times. Listening to music can help reduce stress, anxiety, and depression by promoting relaxation and releasing feel-good chemicals in the brain. It can also serve as a form of self-expression and a way to connect to others. Playing a musical instrument or singing can be creative outlet that allows individuals to express their emotions and find a sense of accomplishment. Additionally, music therapy is recognized field that is used that uses music to help individuals improve their mental, emotional, physical well-being. Overall, music has incredible ability to positively influence our mental health and hence our overall sense of well-being. And I definitely agree with that. You know, um, I listen to music all the time when it when I'm feeling down. I've always done that, actually, when I was a kid. Music has been my outlet of expression, whether it be writing poetry that turns into songs, whether it be trying to play music. Um, and it just helps, you know, I... I kind of dabble in um, playing with the keyboard sometimes, or sometimes I'm playing with my guitar. I even play violin. I played, I actually played violin for a good 10 years straight of my life. I don't constantly play it anymore, but um, that was also a way of expressing my creativity was just through music. And I love just turning the music up loud and just drowning out the world, whether it be in my room or if I'm jogging and listening to music, you know, I really feel that it helps me distract or sometimes music is talking about what I'm going through currently. And that helps too, because it makes me feel connected to something like other people are feeling the way that I'm feeling. And 
I'm not alone when I'm feeling these feelings. So I do like that, you know, and there are many songs that address the topic of mental health. And, you know, I have a few examples. Um, for example, there is um, a song called uh, Not Alone by Linkin Park. Uh, this song offers a lot of support to those who feel alone or isolated, reminding them that they're not alone in their struggles. And I, I do like Linkin Park. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, one of the singers in the group, he did end up committing suicide, you know, so he was expressing his emotions and feelings that he felt, but unfortunately, you know, expression wasn't enough for him and he ended up, you know, passing, but it is good that he was able to, you know, kind of get that off himself, um. There's a song by Matchbox 20 called Unwell. And it's like, I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. Um, this song discusses the feeling of being mentally unwell and expressing the desire to understand his, their feelings and trying to be accepted. And I actually really like that song. It's, it's very, it's not like in your face down. It's very like, it has a semi slow tempo but it's kind of still upbeat as well and i like that um there um is a song called anxiety by uh julia michaels featuring selena gomez and that song explores the expression of the experience of living with anxiety and the challenges that it presents and you know i definitely go through anxiety a lot you know sometimes when i'm thinking to myself like, okay, well, how am I supposed to take care of my kids? And how am I supposed to pay the bills? And am I even being a good parent? You know, so those things, I feel like, you know, relate to being anxious at times. Mm -hmm. And I find myself, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I think I have like a slight anxiety, but I think I get that naturally, because I feel like growing up, my mother was kind of anxious, you know, sorry to put that out there. But I feel like she was anxious about a few things because sometimes she'll call me randomly at like midnight and be and say like are you and your son are, are you guys getting enough vegetables and I'm like it's like one o'clock in the morning <laughs> why are we thinking about this right now I will talk to you in the morning <laughs> that really did happen before so she has moments where she'll call me and just be like you know I just had a thought and I was afraid and I feel like I get some of that from her, you know, growing yeah. up, being a little anxious and a little paranoid. And um, it's not as bad as I feel like she may have had it, but there are reasons why people go through things. And sometimes you can unknowingly pass this on to people that you love uh, or affect them around you. So definitely, you know, getting that checked. Um, there's a song called Demons by Imagine Dragons. Uh, the lyrics in this song describes the struggle with inner demons and the importance of finding strength and support. And it's the fact that you can identify the fact that you know that there's something going on and that you are looking for help. You know, everyone doesn't know to try to, doesn't know to identify this to get help. You know, some people may go, maybe going through a mental struggle and don't even realize it, you know, so it's good to know that, you know, in this song, it kind of expresses like how to get that strength and support. And 
uh, one more song I wanted to talk about. It was a song by uh, the rapper Logic with Alessia Cara and Khaled. And so this song is is a is like a like a helpline. The number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. That's actually the the title of the song is the helpline number. And this song raises awareness about suicide prevention and encourages people to seek help. And um, uh, you would have to hear it. It was really popular. I I um, I don't want to butcher it. So it was just basically like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die today. You know, and it at first it kind of expressed how they did want to die in the beginning and how their emotions were just overwhelmed and they didn't want to be here but then at the end of the song it transitions into you know what I want to live I want to be here and I I want to get the help that I need so that song is actually like a help prevention like an issue prevention hotline and that one like I said again is 1-800-273-8255 and so you know you know, they're just, these are just a few examples. Uh, there are many more songs that touch on the topic of mental health. You know, music can be pow- a powerful tool for expression and exploring emotions relating to uh, mental well-being. So I think it's, I think that music is good and is needed for those who use that as an outlet to express themselves or make themselves feel better in times of emotional uplifting that is my tidbit today for the mental health and relating to music so definitely get into it if you feel like that is something that you might want to do as well to express yourself or get out some emotions as well what's going down with it man it's your boy big tone p Mel Ride Entertainment in the building, you know what I'm saying? Y'all go follow me on IG, big underscore tone underscore P, and big tone P on YouTube. Go like and subscribe to that channel. Shout out to Yoko Camille and Lady Roscoe. Not your average podcast, man. Shout out. Much love, you know what I'm saying? Peace. Welcome to Around the World and Back, where we talk about things that happened in the past and current events. Current, 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 current events. Current events. Sit back and enjoy the ride. And we're here. All right. All right. So we're back. And so today on our episode of Around the World and Back, I want to talk to you about Mario Terrell Moore. He was 40 and he was killed on February 2nd. But his family didn't find out until about eight months later. His sister, Marquita Moore, was lying down on her sofa on October 10th when she suddenly got a text from her aunt. It was a link to an article revealing that Jackson police had failed to notify the public of dozens of homicides last year. His sisters clicked the link and started to scroll the the list of 24 homicide victims. The second name on the list was her older brother, Mario. She went to the Jackson State Police Department looking for an explanation but was told no one was available. Over the next few days, her and her family gradually learned bits of information about what happened. Mario had been beaten to death and wrapped in a tarp and left on the street. Oh, wow. He was, he was in the morgue for more than... He was in the morgue for months before finally being buried in the pauper's field. 
His mother was never notified of his death or his burial. And when asked officers why they were never told, they stated that they had left a card on her door, which they never got. Mario was buried the same day in the same place as Dexter Waite, a Jackson man whose death sparked public outrage and calls for a federal investigation. If you don't know about Dexter, he was struck and killed by an off-duty police officer while crossing a six-lane highway on March 5th. His family was never notified either. And of course, no one wants to comment, or they say that they reached out, but numbers were disconnected, or they didn't have enough information to get in touch with the family. <clears throat> As I was reading, there is also a logbook that's stating that there are over 600 people that have been buried in the graveyard since 2008. Wow. The ledger of the Hines County Pauper Cemetery contains 672 handwritten names on 14 pages. So over 600 people are buried out there with unmarked graves. Correct. Their family not knowing that they're even deceased because they're not reaching it. So we're just going to throw people in graves and not not talk about them. Mm-hmm. The details on those 14 pages includes the person's name, age, race, gender, as well as birth and date deaths. The logbook dates back to 2008. Since 2016, 215 people have been buried in the cemetery in unmarked graves. Among the names in the logbook are Mario Moore, 40, Jonathan Hanks, 39, and Dexter Wade, 37. Which I stated earlier, none of their families have ever been notified until this investigation. Which is unacceptable because the fact that they have their names and who they are and their age, that means you know how to reach out to their family or at least know how to contact someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the family said that they endured heartache and grief for months until they discovered their family members were buried in the cemetery. Um, Wade, like I said, was buried in March 2023. Moore mm-hmm. was buried in February 2023. And Hankins was buried May 2022. Oh, wow. The mystery surrounding the burials emerged in October when Bernstein Wade Robinson discovered that her son had been buried in the graveyard after he went missing in March. Mm-hmm. So um, they're just taking these people and putting them in their graves and they don't care about the family. Like yeah, I can tell. Um, that's awful. I would, de- yeah. I, I don't know. That sounds like a lawsuit to me. It, it, it really does because someone isn't doing their job. And then what are their cause of death? 600 people. Did they kill them all? Right, because the police department is hiding this. Like you just said, he got hit by an off-duty police. It's not safe to walk across a six-lane highway, but if it was a regular person who hit them, they would be charging that person with probably Mm -hmm. some type of vehicular manslaughter. And then, you know, but it was a cop. So they hid the fact that he hit somebody, Mm -hmm. and then they just buried his body. Exactly. And then the other guy was beaten to death and then wrapped in a tarp and left on the road. Who did that? Right. How did he end up wrapped in that tarp? And then when you found him, you buried him back there also. 
Like, so that's that's just suspicious. So are you trying to figure out who wrapped him in the tarp or maybe what? it was the police trying to hide that too? It, it could be possible, definitely. Because why did they end up with his body and then buried it in the field? Like, why wasn't it sent to somewhere else, you know? I have no idea. And then they said they couldn't reach out to um, the parents. They couldn't get in touch with them. Had they had committed a crime or they mm-hmm. were wanted for something, they could have definitely got in touch with the family. Mm-hmm. And leaving a card on the door after someone died? Like, what? what is that? Like, hey, the, reach out to me. Someone's dead. Like, what do you mean? That is so impersonal. Like, no. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one of the stories that... um I wanted to touch base on. Did you have something that you wanted to share? Yeah, I actually learned something um, just just yesterday, actually. And uh, it might be a little touchy for a few people, but I mm-hmm. just thought it would be something that we could talk about because a lot of things that happen uh, uh, here, we don't know about because either it was so long ago or we're just not educated on or they try things, to hide it or they try to hide it for example this is just a side example you know everybody's like oh covid you know this is this is such a major thing we have never seen this before but actually a hundred years prior there was the spanish flu which is very similar to covid spread just as fast and people a hundred years ago were using masks to prevent the spread so you know yeah. it you know there's things that we just don't know about and so what I wanted to talk about today is I saw something um, that, you know, like a small mini documentary that basically was explaining how America inspired Germany with their gas chambers and the ones that they used during the Holocaust. And a lot of people were like, what do you mean? So back in like the 19, 19, early 19 teens, like 1917s, uh-huh. um, down in El Paso, Texas, by the border of Mexico, uh, workers used to cross frequently to uh, come into America to work. Well, the mayor or, you know, the mayor of, I believe it was the mayor of El Paso at the time, mm-hmm. had certain views of, you know, Mexicans coming in and he wasn't really feeling that. So he, you know, passed some acts, I believe it was like Act Twenty. I mean, not lie to you, but he, he did pass some laws where they had to um, basically cleanse the Mexicans before they came to the border because they were uh, afraid of typhus. I believe that's what the <laughs> disease called that is yeah. transmitted through lice. So they were saying that they were dirty and impure and that they needed to cleanse them. And they in order- always say it's something. Mm-hmm. And in order to quote unquote cleanse them, they needed to shape their, they built these chambers, these chambers that were to clean them. And so wow. these, these chambers and they would have them go in, shave their heads, shave their private parts. They would spray them down with DDT. And these people didn't, the people who were working, like doing the spray, mm-hmm. they didn't even know what they were putting on. DDT is now that's illegal. Crazy. Yeah. It's a pesticide that's not. So, you know, they had, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and it's awful. Like they would, they were also talking about how women had to strip down naked too, 
but yeah. the men would take pictures of them and post mm-hmm. them in local bars in El Paso. So after the women would go through these chambers to quote unquote be uh, cleansed, they mm-hmm. have to go through town and be embarrassed and see their naked bodies. But to get back to how you know America inspired them in these chambers, not only are they spraying these people with DDT, but they have a section of the chambers uh, that is supposed to uh, disinfect their clothing and they used a chemical called um, no it's okay I can wait I'll, I'll do it again um, uh, so they in their chambers they also had a section to disinfect their clothes and uh-huh. in, in this particular chamber that they used to disinfect their clothes they used a chemical called Zyklon B and okay. Zyklon B is like a very it's like a poisonous gas and it's like uh kind of like a pesticide too. So they yeah. were using that on their clothing to quote unquote decontaminate them. So hmm. um so That's they can be crazy. Yeah, so they can come and quote unquote be cleansed to work here in the US after going through the border. And sometimes they had to go through that like a few times a week because they're coming back and forth across the border. So they're constantly spraying them. They're constantly, um, you know, quote unquote, disinfecting their clothes. So to get back into the topic, Zyklon B is, uh, was the same chemicals used Mm -hmm. in gas chambers in Germany. That that was the, yes, that is the same uh, chemicals that they used. They were actually inspired uh, by the chambers in America. So there's like a, you know how everything like, you know, they have the training manuals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So there's like a book that I guess they were using as a blueprint when they were building these chambers. They had two pictures. That's the last thing we need to be having the blueprint for. Right. Exactly. And they were using mm-hmm. two pictures from the El Paso facilities. And they said, this is what we want to model our chambers as well instead of quote-unquote disinfecting they were Mm -hmm. using it to murder people so they were using the zyklon b as in lethal dosages to to put to to use on people so instead of using it on clothes like they were doing in america they were shoving people in people mm -hmm, and that's what was horrible yes that is horrible it is awful so they, so the whole process in America was in 1920s, the 1920s. And then the whole in Germany was like 1937. So that's yeah. like about 17 years later. And they were using it as examples, you know, modeled after, after America. But a lot of people don't, don't know that. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know all. that. I, yeah. We, we always doing some, people always doing some crazy stuff. And then... Mm-hmm those certain people are always trying to find a way to take out or be the better race or whatever. And I thought that's so stupid. Like, why can't we all just live together happily Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. trying to cause the other ones harm? It's ridiculous. Exactly. And they also, to that point too, they were even talking about how the idea of eugenics was started mm-hmm. in America too. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't like Germany was like, was the first idea of purity. Mm-hmm. It was here in America. And, and I feel like after learning that, I wonder 
if that's why America really felt compelled to um, intervene because technically they created something that ended up getting used somewhere hmm. else, not yeah. for that intention, but I feel like, oh, maybe, you know, they felt like, oh, wow, like this originated over here. But did maybe, they really hmm. intervene though? I mean, so, you know, when the war happened and they came in and, you know, America was the one stomping, stopping the situation with the so what, at World War. What did they get out of it? You know, they don't do nothing for free. They had to get something out of it. But you War know, always makes we'll money. We'll say that for a different time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because there were a few things that Germany had to do um, after the war. You know, mm-hmm. they had to do a lot of... I forget what the exact situation happened, but they had to do a form of reparations and the whole country had to go through new training. And so, you know, they don't even talk about the Holocaust. Like we talk about the Holocaust. Of course they're taught Mm -hmm. it's bad, you know? So, but yeah, I thought I share that tidbit, you know, how America actually started off with these gas chambers. And like I said, it was a, a chemical called Zyklon B. And anybody can look that up and you can see where it originated and how it inspired to use those gas chambers. So it was very unfortunate um, situation, but thought I'd just throw that tidbit out there. Yeah, that is crazy, but Mm -hmm. we we definitely got to do better. We do. And that reminds me of a show that, so have you been watching Netflix lately? Lately, no. So, have you seen the movie Gone Girl? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, there is this Netflix special, and it's a documentary, and it's called American Nightmare. And it's based on this lady named Denise Huskins and her boyfriend, Aaron Quinn. So, basically, a California woman, Miss Huskins, was abducted by... Um, some people one night mm-hmm. and her boyfriend calls the police after he's he awake and he was like somebody kidnapped my girlfriend and the police was like when was this and they was like he said last night and they was like okay so why you didn't call me last night why you didn't record it last night mm-hmm. he was like because they drugged they tied me up and drugged me mm. okay well what did they drug you with NyQuil and diazepam mm. And I'm thinking, when he said that, I'm looking at my boyfriend, like, who the hell is carrying around NyQuil to knock <laughs> somebody out? Like, right, here, swallow this medication. <laughs> the you NyQuil know? stalker. Is, is this really what we're doing? So, like, nobody believed him because, of course, the story sounded far-fetched. Right. And so um, they was just doing all their little research, trying to figure out where this lady is. And then finally, she comes walking down her parents' street and rings the doorbell and says the kidnappers dropped her off. That sounds like the girl who saw the kid on the highway story. Like, oh, Carly, <laughs> Rick, Carly Russell. Yes, yeah, like, yes. So I haven't seen the second episode. That's just the first episode. Okay, and we have to follow up on that. We definitely have to follow up. You need to watch that too. So on the next episode, we can really go in on her or hey. him. But I'm, or I'm whoever. confused. Because like, they're trying to figure out, was he in on it? Mm-hmm. Uh, did, she, did she do this? Because he was trying to get back in a way with his ex. 
mm-hmm. he was texting her. They all worked together at the same um, hospital in, in the same therapy um, department. Whoa. So they saw each other a lot. And he would go over there and be trying to kiss and hug on his ex. And she said that she was like, no, um, you can't be doing this because mm-hmm. um, you have a girlfriend and all that. So she knew that and she was jealous or upset that he was trying to talk to his ex and she decided to break up with him. And so uh, the police are trying to figure out if he did it because they broke up with each other or what's the situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, we need to find out this night. What was it called again? It's called American Nightmare. Okay. I'm definitely going to take a look and see what's going on with this nightmare because yes because it man I, my boyfriend was as soon as it started he had left out and i was telling him <laughs> what had happened he was like you really like this don't you i was like well you know i like true crime and murder mm-hmm. and stuff like this and it already sounds far-fetched so i was like okay this is interesting because there is no way somebody kidnapped you with uh kidnapped her and drugged you with nyquil so I definitely yeah, like here, happened. drink this, and how, and like you have to wait till Nyquil kicks in, right? I know right. that so you how said diazepam too, so I don't know how long that yeah. takes. Like you know, so. mixed together, it probably knocked him out pretty quickly. But still, that it's it's that's a lot. It's a lot, right? So yeah, wow, <clears throat> yeah, definitely gonna follow up on that one. Mm-hmm. So yes, I just want to thank everyone for you know tuning in. We had a wonderful show. We talked about a lot of interesting topics. We had a special guest, which was EJ West Wright. Right. EJ Wright. Um, you can definitely find him on his social media. Um, mm-hmm. like you said, it was Instagram, EJ West Wright, and on Facebook, EJ Wright. Um, we gave you some important tips such as if you're having a hard time and you want to start working on your mental health, um, you can try to improve your mental health through, you know, going walks and just enjoying the nature, connecting with your friends and family, being around people that make you feel good, um, practice mindfulness, such as breathing exercises or meditation. Make sure you eat the right foods because, you know, sugary and fatty foods affect your mood exercise mm-hmm. exercise is a great way you know to keep one mind reduced you know and at peace yes um eliminate alcohol and other substances you know sometimes alcohol and drugs can alter the mind mm-hmm. so you know reducing that can also be a big help and if you need any other resources you know we are always here to help and um if you're having thoughts of suicide, you can reach out to the National Crisis Hotline, and their number is 988. You can call or text just 988, or you can chat at 988lifeline.org. Or if you're going through substance or mental health issues, you can reach out to Sepsis National Hotline, which is 800 662 Four three five seven, mm-hmm. or text your zipped code to four three seven four eight. And if you don't want to reach out to any of those numbers and you just want to talk to someone um, closer by, you can always reach out to me or Lady Roscoe, and uh, we'll always be here to listen and don't judge and lend a, um, an ear. Yes, definitely. And you can find us on our social media 
Uh, you can get us on, you know, Not Your Average Podcast on our Facebook. Um, you can also reach us at our personal uh, Instagrams as well. Mine would be uh, Lady Roscoe on Instagram. Um, I know that you can, yeah, you can inbox us or let us know. Uh, do you want to give them your Instagram? Yes, so mine is Yoko Camille. That is Y-O-K-K-O-C-A-M-I-L-L-E. And you can reach out to me also on Facebook. It's under Yoko Scarecouse. And um, before I go, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I deal with my own personal mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And that um, I was also published in a magazine called Illusions Magazine. Mm. And it was their mental health uh, awareness project. Right. And I shared some of the things that helped me cope with the issues that I have sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you can always, you know, go on their um We'll post a link so you can see. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, so, yeah, you're not alone. Um, not we talked all. about this subject because, you know, everyone deals with mental issues, whether it's um, a mental disorder or you went through something traumatic. So, you know, you didn't, you're never alone and you always have someone to talk to. Exactly. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Not Your Average Podcast. I'm Yoko Camille. And Lady Roscoe. All right, have a wonderful day. Average about it, just keep glad that you found it. Tell a friend about it. Know we all about it, so we gonna speak about it. Yoko Camille and Lady Roscoe, leave no doubt about it. Scream it out from the mouth. This not your average podcast. You ain't talking about nothing. When they hit the highway, they talking about something. Better tune in and listen. Get the scoop, they dig it. It's just an open discussion. Now tell me what's your position. You know what it is. Not your average podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yoko Camille. Lady Roscoe, y'all tap in, mm-hmm.